the presence of the Lord is here, and I'm so grateful for all of you joining uh, us uh, via Facebook, via the internet, and YouTube, Ustream, whatever form you've joined us. We are excited to have you a part of this fellowship today. We know that God is still in the blessing business despite what we may see in the world, that God is still God. And beside him, there is none other. Let's take a moment now. I want to go back to the text we've been working with over the last few weeks. We've been looking at 2 Chronicles chapter 7. It was read in your hearing again this morning. And we've been dealing with it. And I've been going back to get, gain the historical perspective. And that perspective has come from through uh, the chapter 6 in particular. And I want to kind of deal with what, what God actually says to uh, the man of God in his night vision as God spoke to him while he was resting. God, God took him from a resting position while he was arrested by sleep. And then God imparted into him wisdom that would uh, keep him through the ages. Here's what the text suggests. He says in verse 14, he says, if my people who were called by my name would humble themselves and pray. It's interesting because we've been dealing with the theme, do the right thing. And this is part four, do the right thing. He says, if my people would humble themselves and pray. It's interesting that he asked them to pray. And then he says, seek my face. He said, but don't stop there when you humble yourselves and pray and seek my face. Turn from your wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive sin and heal the land. That's, that's a great thing for God to do. Most of us have been inundated by information over the last few weeks. We've been inundated by each party having their conventions and the rhetoric from each group and each party. But not only has it been the rhetoric from those groups and parties and what they have said, but it has also been a number of social issues and difficulties that have arisen over these last few days. Causes us to pause, causes us to look at life afresh. We've seen the images so much, I, I don't even want to show them again. I, I gathered the images for the, the beginning of this message and I said, no, we have, we have image overload. Just let it resonate. You, you know what it is. Most of you could not have found Kenosha if you had tried. You could have looked on a map all day, and without a Google search, you would not have even realized what state it was in, much less that you ever heard the name of the city. Most of us can truly say that we watch with disbelief as a police officer holding a T-shirt in one hand releases his weapon seven times into the back of a man who appears to be unarmed. We, we, it's, it's, not, it's not something that you could say is understandable. It doesn't, it doesn't track with common sense. It doesn't track with common decency. It, it, it really is illogical to think of that someone whose back is to you and poses such a threat that you release deadly force. Okay, maybe you were afraid and your fingers slipped one time. Uh, but by the time you get to the seventh shot, it appears to me that you no longer are trying to deal with a threat. It's all like you're trying to kill somebody. 
And I don't understand the, the, the way the world works. And then juxtaposed against that is a young Caucasian fellow walking down the street with an AR-14 type, type of rifle, AR-47, what is it, uh, 15 rifle. And he's walking down the street. He's got it strapped on, and people are hollering. He just shot somebody. In fact, we come to find out he had killed two people and blown off the arm of another. And this little baby-faced killer here walks down the street with his rifle, and now everybody looks at him. They allow him not only to leave the scene but to go all the way to another state. He walks by police with, an, with a rifle, and this other guy can't walk away from police with nothing in his hands. The dichotomy seems to be really real. It's, it's really difficult to understand. It's, it's difficult to make sense of life the way life is coming forward. I give great credit to the NBA and the WNBA for pausing their games and saying, there's something else going on that's greater than the playoffs in basketball. It's greater than our ability to go out and dribble. Uh, it's greater than our ability to give entertainment. Bill Russell said it best one time, you will enjoy us when we entertain you, but you can't tolerate us anywhere else. That's my paraphrase of it. It's something when they shut down, and what was so wonderful is that they're shut down in in the NBA, in the WNBA, it's fairly plausible because a number of those players in the high 70s, almost 80% of those players are African-American, both on the Women's League, the Women's uh, National Basketball Association, and the Men's League, the National Basketball Association. But what really strikes a great chord is when baseball players will stop, when football players will stop, when tennis superstars will say, I'm not playing today. And the only thing hockey said was, if we had known we were doing this, we'd have stopped too. And they stopped the next day. Which meant that it was no longer a, a, a one race speaking out, but others speaking out. And a message being spread that, that life the way it is is no longer tolerable. No longer acceptable for anybody. You've seen grown men cry on TV these days. Doc Rivers did all he could do. The coach uh, uh, of the Clippers did all he could do to hold his emotions in as he poured out his heart about loving America and not feeling like it loves it, us back. It's a difficult time right now. And what's emotional overload for us is that in the midst of this, we are still all worried about a pandemic. Our team here in the uh, sanctuary is small. And we're all masked up. The only one not masked is myself because I'm speaking. It, it, because we realize that this is a pandemic and we don't want to spread it to one another or be a cause of spreading it somewhere else when we leave here. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We're in the middle of a time when people are literally dying. And now to add insult to injury, we now find out that you can be reinfected with the virus. They've just had one case proven to be a reinfection. It gets my attention because I recognize some things that I want to bring out in this message. And I want to hope that we can, we can talk about it because I, I have this recognition that the first thing 
hold on to this. There is in the text, and it is, I believe, for us, a recognition of the need for supernatural assistance that is involvement. A recognition of the need for supernatural assistance that is involvement. I, 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 need, I, I need something outside of me to work on this. I need something outside of me to make this better. I can't make it better. I need someone, something beside myself to make it better. I need supernatural help. I think that Monique uh, meme is important right there because I think a lot of us feel like that, that meme. Lord, this too much. This too much. And I know you've shaken your head some point or some time, and you've said the same thing. This is too much. But notice what the text says. It's interesting because the text says, if my people which are called by my name would humble themselves. That, 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 that humbling means that, that you recognize something, that you, you have the inability of your own efforts, that your efforts won't work, that, that you recognize you're not capable of fixing what's wrong. You know, I, I know some people, some folks will never ask for help. They always act like they're in control. They always act like they, they've got everything going on. They, they've already figured it out. They know what's happening. They, they already do it. Uh, I, I never will forget this is, uh, I need to break this up because I feel myself getting, getting emotional about what's going on in the world. So let me break this up one moment here. I, I, I remember we were traveling on the road, uh, Deacon Miles, myself, and my dad. We were going to Alabama. And we're riding to Alabama. We get down the road, and uh, my father gets out, and he gets a paper towel. And he starts to, the window, windshield has gotten gritty and dirty. And so he gets a paper towel and gets some water, and he's wiping off the windshield. He's cleaning it up. And so Deacon Miles, he wasn't digging there, he just frat. Frat said, uh, said, uh, said, Dad, Pop, he said, uh, there's a squeegee and a water bucket over there. We can just use that. My dad said, oh, no, no, I don't need that. This will work better. I got this. This is working out. This is just fine. Don't worry. I got this. I looked over at Fred. I said, man, don't let him fool you. He just didn't see it. <laughs> if he saw it, he'd grab the squeegee, but he couldn't let you know that he didn't see it. And some of us are just like that. We, we can't tell anybody, no, I didn't see that. No, I need help with that. No, I can't handle that. No, it's above me. Let, let me let me let me let me stick a pin in this supernatural help because you know some of us are praying we're asking God to do things for us and we're saying Lord fix this Lord do this Lord do that and, and God is willing and able to intervene but there are some contingencies that God puts in place some things he says you have to do in order to get what I have for you 
And a part of it is getting humble enough to know you you need to ask for assistance, to know that you can't do it all by yourself. And it is not just supernatural assistance, it's assistance in the earth realm as well. To know when your mental health is getting out of control and you're feeling like you're lost and your, your emotions are spun up all the time and you're weeping over things you shouldn't be weeping about or you know that your brain is going faster than your mouth can put together the words or you're writing stuff that you know you would normally right under regular conditions or you are being abrasive to people when you wouldn't normally be abrasive or someone says something to you and you're snapping back and it's outside of your personality and you realize that all of a sudden you're driving but you forget where you were driving to or you wanted something to eat but you can't decide what to eat because your mind is confused as to whether you want chicken or fish you can't even figure out the difference between the two because you're overloaded and you have to realize and humble yourself enough enough to know that I need help. It's a trick of the enemy to make you think that you don't need help. I got this. I'm in control. Everything's all right. No, it's not all right. And it has to be okay to say it's not all right. It has to be okay to say, Lord, this too much. It has to be okay for you to say, I need help. I need to go talk to somebody. It has to be okay for you to realize that life gets hard and difficult and tumultuous and that things are not always going to be easy. And when they are difficult, you do not have to be superwoman or superman for too long. We have stigmatized mental health. For too long, we have acted as though I got this when you don't have this. For too long, we've pocketed our emotions. And brothers, let me talk to all the men now. Brothers, we're the worst culprits at it. At least the ladies might talk to each other, but men are the worst couples that we think it takes away our machismo, our, our macho-ness, our manliness. I'm not a manly man if I have to say that I need to cry or I feel like yelling or I feel like this is too much or it's out of control or I'm not in control. The truth of the matter is that the Bible teaches us a great lesson in humility that God says they've got to humble themselves. Humble themselves. Humble themselves. And sometimes what God is trying to do with us is get us to pause long enough and be humble long enough so that he can bless us so that he can change things for us, so that he can fix it, that which we can't fix ourselves. And let me tell you, this is going to bless somebody's socks off. That also means that God can allow you in your humility and in your prayer time to say, Lord, I need help. And God says, yes, you do need help, and I want you to go to the doctor. Or I want you to go talk to the therapist. And yes, I want you to take your medication because I can work through that too. Where do you think it came from? Everything in the earth realm was put here by me. That's what God would say. Don't be so uppity that you can't be blessed. Here he is, the recognition of the need for supernatural assistance and involvement that God 
I need you now. I need you now. I need you now. He says, I want you to humble yourselves before the mighty power of God. But then he says, that's not enough. I don't want you just to be humble. I need you to ask. I need you to say something. Now see, some people want to be humble just enough, but they never want to ask. They don't want to say nothing. They don't want to ask nothing. Yeah, you, you almost got to force them to take what they need because they don't want to ask. I don't want to be a problem. Well, you know, sometimes you, you better learn a closed mouth don't get fed. You better learn how to open your mouth and say something. Because if, if you don't speak out, if you don't say something, see, sometimes your mind, you're, you're thinking about things that need to be spoken about, that need to be dealt with. So, so the second thing I, I believe, I believe that, that, that God is teaching to, to Solomon and to, to us today is that we have to request supernatural the needed aid, request from the supernatural, the needed aid or intervention. We've got to request it. We've got to request. we got to ask. You know, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. So if you don't ask, don't be shocked you didn't get it. You have not because you ask not. I, I I told my daughters they were in school in, in Iowa in, in Ohio rather. I, I said, now let me tell you something. You're gonna be several hours from daddy, and I can't see whether you have money or not. I can't see whether you're hungry or whether you ate well. So if you're down there hungry and you don't say nothing, just understand it's because you didn't ask. It's not because you could not have gotten, y'all missed it. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to always bless you. I'm going to always look out for you. I'm always going to do for you. But, but at some point, you've got to be able to say, this is what I need. Speak up. Some of y'all mumbling about, groaning about what's wrong with, with, with your life, what's wrong with the world. Speak up. I understand that stuff. Talking pig Latin, tell, talk to me in your language. Prayer language or English or whatever your native tongue is, talk. Your heavenly father is listening. Speak, your God is hearing. Speak to God. This is what I need you to do. And God, I need you to move. I need you to work it out. I need you to move in this way. I need you to intervene. I, 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 I wish I could fix it myself, but since I can't, I need you to intervene. You know, if you look at the list of things, uh, I need you to go back up to verse, verse, uh, verse thirteen. He says, um, "This is in Second Chronicles seven, verse thirteen." For those of you that are following along, he says, "When I shut up the heaven and there's no rain, well, I don't have a rain dance. I'm sorry. And if I had one, I'm sure, pretty sure I wouldn't be too good at it. I just ain't got that skill." He said, or command the locusts to devour the land. Now, you know, I'm telling y'all, I don't care what kind of weed killer you got getting locusts out. It's just not, they, they just ain't got the right pesticide for that one right yet. That, that, they, they ain't got the right pesticide for all the bats yet either, do they? Just, just ain't got the right. 
take the, the locust and devour the land. <laughs> or, or send pestilence among my people. Pestilence. Uh, plagues. Plagues. Now, I don't know about you. So far as I can tell right now, they don't have a cure. And when they get one, they may get a vaccination. And, and it may work. And it may mutate. I, it's interesting. I was listening to a doctor this morning, and, and he's a really interesting guy because what he's saying was that this second case, and it was first reported in the in the Asiatic countries first, um, now reported here, and they're being getting ready to be peer reviewed. But um, he says this thing, uh, like all coronaviruses, have a way of mutating and taking on different cells and changing and adapting. And what he was saying is, this may end up being like the flu, ultimately, in that you may end up needing a vaccination every year. Like the flu vaccination, because it keeps changing and coming back again. Oh, in truth, we never really cured the flu. The flu is not cured. We keep it down through herd immunity, through vaccinations. And so every year people get vaccinated against the flu. It is a virus, the same type of thing. It doesn't, it's not nearly as deadly as this thing we're dealing with now. And what he's saying is we may have to annually get a vaccinate. Oh, Lord, help us. It, it's bad enough to deal with the flu. Lord, this too much. Lord, this too much. Lord, this too much. Lord, this too much. Yeah. You telling me everybody think, oh, when you get the antibodies in your system, you're gonna be a okay and your blood plasma gonna heal the next person and all. Shut up! Let me talk to God. Y'all don't seem to know nothing. Not nothing, nothing. But he says, request, I got to pray, God, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you, Lord, that nobody but you, Lord, nobody but you can heal. Nobody but you can deliver. Nobody but you can make a way. Nobody but you can fix us up from the situation we're in. Nobody but you, Lord. So, God, I need to talk to you. I need you to move. I need you to work it out. I need you to be supernatural, God. I need you to be healing, God. I need you to be delivering, God. I need you to be prayer answering, God. I need to talk to you. I need you to intercede. And I need to request the aid. Well, well, well I, I, need, I need to move forward. And let me, let me just give you one more. And I, I will be back. But, but let me give you one more. He then says something strange because he says, humble yourself. That's pretty, that's pretty smooth. Recognize you need help, so humble yourself. Uh, you know, Kendrick Lamar, my man, you know, he said, uh, be humble. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong, wrong crowd, wrong crowd for that. Every now and then, <laughs> every now and then you got to learn how to be humble. Get down. Okay, I'm sorry. It, you, you have to know that's pretty easy. That's pretty good. But then he tells them, I need you to do something. 
I need you to seek my face. That's what he says. Now, this one is, is a little, little odd, so, so I'm going to close with this one, and I'm going to take my time, so give me a few minutes. Just give me a few minutes. Watch this now. You have to realize the supernatural need for access. God needs you to access him as he wants to access the natural. You, you got to get this because this is a reversal of how you would normally think. God needs you to access him as he wants to access your natural life. He wants to be involved in your life. God wants intimacy with you. God, God says, God says, uh, don't just seek my hand, seek my face. See, some of us want to just seek the hand of God. God said, don't just seek my hand. Don't, 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 don't just seek my hand. Seek my face. Seek my face. Seek my face. You can tell when folk got ulterior motives when they're talking to you. Ladies, y'all forgive me. Y'all help me out with this one. When you talk to a guy and he's looking down too low, and you have to tell him, my head's up here, my eyes up here. You, what you're telling him is, you, you have objectified me already. You, you're not seeking me. You're seeking, you missed it, went over your head. I'm going to put it to you another way. God said, don't just get and go after what's in my hand. I want you to come after me and become intimate with me. Seek my face. Seek a relationship with me. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. The, hand, the hand represents meeting needs. That's what he said. That's why he said, don't seek his hand, seek his face. He said, the hand represents meeting needs. That's it, when I need money, when I need stuff, when I need healing. I, I, yeah, it, it, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. We said, give me, God shot in the army. Get, get, get. Listen, listen, God said, don't just seek my hand, seek my face. Seek, seeking God's face, seeking his face represents a relationship. God, God wants to have a relationship with you. And it's not a usury relationship. Seeking God's face means that he wants a relationship. He wants you to recognize who he is. And he wants to be able to recognize who you are. That's why he says, if my people... Relationship, not ownership, relationship. My people called by my name, meaning initiated by me to be in this relationship, would humble themselves, pray, supplication, seek my face, relationship. Oh, man. Now, to seek God's face means seeking his presence. That's what it means. It means seeking his presence. That, that, that's why in many cases it talks about his presence, coming into his presence with thanksgiving. That, that's what it means to seek his face. It means to come into his presence. If you seek God's presence, God's going to show up and, and God's going to show out. And when we seek God's presence, he, he says, I need you to seek my face. Now, now let, me, let me do this real quick because I need to set some contextual order here. One of the problems we have right now is that we take this scripture and we appropriate it into a New Testament context. And we use it 
as though God is speaking directly to America and we're saying, now, America, let's pray. And if we pray, we're going to get this end result. Watch this now. Understand something. America is not a covenant people with God. I need to say it again. America may have been founded on principles related to God, and his money may even say in God we trust, but America is not a covenant people with God. No, no, no. Israel was a covenant people with God. They had a relationship with God by covenant. They had a promise attached to that relationship. And they were told if they did this collectively, the end result would be this. Stay with me. It is the same as what happened when Jonah went to preach at Nineveh. When he got to Nineveh to preach, Jonah's greatest fear was that if I go preach to the Ninevites and if they hear my sermon and repent, then God will do what, what he can do and save them. And just as Jonah feared, when he preached to the Ninevites, they collectively, the entire group, nation of people, went into prayer and God heard their prayer. I just want to help somebody here. When you look at America, this is a diverse place. There are a lot of different religions and different ways of viewing God. You're not going to get 100% people turning to their face to God. I know I'm messing somebody up right here. And what I've got to realize is that this text is Hebrew scripture intended for the children of Israel. It has national implications for them as the chosen people of God. Now watch this. But the principles are eternal and the insight into how God relates to his own. The principles are eternal. There's something in here that you need to realize. These principles will work anywhere. Watch this. I, I, need, I need to get this out. I, I feel like preaching up in here. Y'all, I only got a couple more minutes. I'm, I'm almost done. I got to stop. I got to stop. Here it goes. You, you got to understand that, that what the principle here is, that seeking God is the best way to receive deliverance from whatever you're confronted with. That's the principle in here. That's the principle. Seeking God is the best way to receive deliverance from whatever you're comfort. You, you've got to know whatever you're confronted by, when you seek God, you're going to get an answer. You're going to get an answer. You're going, God's going to make a move. God's going to bust a move. I, ooh. If you talk to God, God's going to talk back. You, you speak to God. God's going to hear your voice. God's going to know that you're calling on him. And diligently seeking God is the way to divine intervention. Woo! Preach up in here, watch. Diligently seeking God is the way to divine intervention. I wish, I wish somebody would get this here. Because what I need to help you with is this. Whether America or not comes together collectively to pray. If believers would start praying, something going to happen. Now, you, you all think I mentioned that NBA, WNBA thing in the beginning just to talk. But let me go back to it one more time to make the illustration real clear. The Milwaukee Bucks 
the team from the state where the issue happened at. The Milwaukee Bucks decided they weren't going to play. Attached to them were all the other players who said, well, if y'all ain't playing, we ain't playing. And the only reason some players were mad was they didn't know that Milwaukee wasn't going to play because we could have all said this up front. But the Bucks decided we're not playing and then every team in the NBA said, we don't want to be here no how. We don't have to play either. Because we right with you. We agree with where you stand. Watch where I'm going. So when one team started, then every team got with them that was in the bubble. Stay with me now. When they did that, then all of a sudden, the women were already thinking the same thing. And then they joined in. And when the women joined in, before you knew it, there was all kinds of folk in the baseball leagues that were joining in. And hockey said, if I'd known, and the next day they cut it out. Y'all miss what I'm saying? When you started, you don't know where to end up at. I can't control what anybody else will do. But what I can't control is what I do. So if I begin the prayer chain and I begin firing off prayers to God, then what I'm doing is I'm getting a fire started. And there's no telling how many other folk might join me in the intercessory fire in seeking the face of God. And if we begin to seek him here at Shiloh and if the churches around us are seeking God and the churches over yonder are seeking God. Before you know it, we've got power that nobody can stop. So don't worry about the fact that we can't get everybody. But I want somebody who's willing to seek God's face and do the right thing. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Maybe there's somebody who's heard these words today and knows that they need to seek God's face and know they need to come into alignment with a relationship with God. I want to give you that opportunity wherever you are right now to give your heart to the Lord. It's really easy. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, thou shalt be saved. And I want you to take this moment right now to accept the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. Believe in him because he already believes in you. The reason you found this broadcast, whether you watched it live or you watched it afterwards or you heard a podcast, the reason you found it is because God wanted you to hear this word for your life. And I want you to know the Lord loves you. And this is the day that God wanted to speak to you. Give your life to Jesus. If you want to join Shiloh, you don't matter where you are in the world, you can become an internet member of Shiloh, forever Shiloh member, as some have done already. I want you to get in contact with us. Our number is up on the screen. Our email address is there at churchatmen at shilohnlcomplex.org. I want you to get in touch with us. We will get right back to you. Others have already joined this way. Others have already given their life to Christ and have already become a part of the fellowship. Some Christians who didn't have a church home said, I want to be a part of that church, and they've become a part of Shiloh. I want you to become a part of our family, become a friend of Shiloh, and a part of our internet worshiping team. We love you with the love of the Lord. 
Now, I want to tell you this. If you're here today and you've been watching this broadcast and this broadcast has blessed you and spoken to your heart, I want you to join us in giving today. You can sow a seed into the house. I always say this. I put it out there. Your tithe, if you have a home church, belong to your home church. But your offerings can go anywhere. And they ought to go to places that are sowing into your life, that are speaking to your spirit, that are encouraging you in these troubled times. So right now, I want you to take a moment. I want you to go to your, your device, whether it's Cash App or Givelify, or if you want to email it or mail it in the old-fashioned way through the Postal Service. I want you to go to your device, and I want you to give right now. Shiloh members, don't forget to give your tithes and your offering. Some of you have joined us in the Standing with the 70 and are giving to our Capital Stewardship Campaign $20 a week, and we thank you and we ask that you continue doing it. We don't know how long this situation will be what it is, but I do know that with faithful members, we'll be able to keep the church going, that's the physical structure, and the church going, that is the people of God, and keep them encouraged to make it through these difficult times. I believe God wants to bless you and bless us. Now, I know God's love is upon you, and I praise God for you today. Amen? Amen. Go ahead and play that. As soon as I stop worrying. Worrying about. That's it. I let go and I let God. Let God have his way. That's when. Start happening when I stop worrying about back then. I let go and I let God let God have his way. Let God let go. Let God. I praise God for each one of you. Thank you for tuning in today. 
Uh, as I close today, two things I want to do. First thing I want to do as I'm closing today is I want to wish our senior deacon and deaconess, that's, that's Deacon uh, uh, William Wiggins and Deaconess Phyllis Wiggins, a happy 61st anniversary. Wow. 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 That's triple life. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. 61 years. God bless you. And I love y'all. We're praying for you. And we believe in God every day. Amen. God bless our senior deacon and deaconess for their 61 years of loving bliss. And all of their children and grandchildren and great-grands. Amen. Thank God for that, that legacy they've left in the earth realm. Also, let me just say farewell today. Um, this is the last official Sunday. They're, they'll always be forever Shiloh members. They're never going to not be Shiloh members. Matter of fact, Marie is still working on some things uh, for our, our, our handbooks, and they are busy working. But I have to say farewell today. They're, they're, you know, after this uh, pandemic started, jobs started changing, and things started shifting, and I'm just grateful for the number of years that God blessed us to have Deacon and Deaconess Fowler in our midst. Amen. I'm just grateful for that years. Yeah, that's 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 Deaconess Fowler leaning over to the side there. She's a cooking somebody. Oh my God, we're gonna miss her there. And, and we're just so delighted. There, there they are hanging out. Prayer with you. Oh, there they are with Grant there. That's Grant. Amen. Graduating from school. Yeah, there they were at the men's fellowship and the Mother's Day breakfast, lunch. Deacon follows the gentleman on the right there. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're going to miss them. We're going to miss them. We love them all, and we thank God for them. And uh, you can see them in the baptismal pool. They are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful servants of God, and their presence is going to be sorely missed in this place. I already missed them, and they haven't even left the building yet. Uh, but they're moving to... Uh, New Jersey, uh, where Deacon Fowler has uh, already been employed. Deacon Fowler was traveling back and forth between Jersey and Connecticut uh, because his wife was here working, but now that her job is no longer there, there's no sense in them traveling that long haul back and forth to New Jersey. So we're going to miss them, but they're forever Shiloh members. They'll be with us online, chiming in, but we'll miss them. I, I, um, I've got a hold. I'm saying it publicly, so I'm keeping to it. I got a hold, Deaconess Marie, to her promise that just because she's leaving, that she will not forget how to cook and will not forget who her true pastor is, her bishop of her soul. Amen. We love them. We love, we love both of y'all. Y'all are wonderful. All you do in the ministry and men's ministry and men's choirs and Thank God for you. Then I also want to take a moment to congratulate Elder Teresia Martin. She, uh, yesterday, uh, Friday, was uh, selected and feted and celebrated as one of the 100 women of color in this state. She was recognized. And I want to congratulate her. The elder show can change out of her preaching clothes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We thank God. Here, there she is, Elder and Elders, right there, Elder Robert and uh, Elder, Elder Tasha Martin. We're so glad. Congratulations, congratulations over and over again. 
Yesterday, I didn't get a chance, so I want to take uh, pastoral privilege because uh, my, my baby girl celebrated her birthday. She, uh, she just turned uh, 25, I believe. Uh, she, she is getting older and better and wiser. So I want to just say a shout out. Happy birthday. I said my baby girl like I pushed her out. <laughs> my wife and I are just proud of our daughter and we celebrate with her, her birthday. Christina Alexis, happy birthday for mommy and daddy and your siblings up here. She is in Ohio in school. God bless you. I love you all with the love of the Lord. If I missed anything, charge it. There you go. There she is. She's the one in the middle right there. That's her. That's my baby. Yeah. Happy birthday to you, girl. We are excited. Charge to my head, not to my heart. Know that I love you with the love of the Lord. I'll see you on Tuesday night. We're going to have a great time in the name of the Lord. We've been shifting around where, we, where we've been dedicating the space to. So the acoustics might have been a little different here today. But on Sunday, you'll hear uh, uh, back to a, hopefully a regular acoustical setup. We'll be in a different environment one more time. And we'll be able to show you the setup that God has blessed us with. And we're looking forward to uh, greeting you and uh, knowing that God is good. We're not opening up the sanctuary just yet. But we're praying and asking God when it's time. And when it is, when he gives it to me, I'll give it to you. But we will definitely be able to provide you with a more uh, better quality worship as we keep on trying to improve what we're doing to serve you better. Thank you, Brother Vernon, for coming in and singing for us this morning. Amen. Sing my song. Amen. If I haven't missed anything, I love you all with the love of the Lord. You will not change my mind. God bless you. I ask that may the peace of God go with you. May God strengthen you. May God's grace be upon you. May all you see not frighten you, but instead cause you to seek the face of God all the more. And join us in prayer that we can shake the nation so that the nation will know that there is a God who can intervene even in this season. Every day, every praise is to our God, and we offer those praises. Go in peace, my brothers and sisters. Shalom. And another one.